You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. This show contains information about injuries to riders competing in AMA Supercross, AMA Motocross, MXGP, Ozpro MX, and other international moto events. The information discussed may be unsettling to some listeners. It might be incomplete or based on medical opinions due to riders tending to hide the details of their injuries. We are here to explain the information and increase injury understanding and visibility for the fans. There might be coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If any of this offends you, turn us off right now. fans i'm not a doctor but i am a physiotherapist and this is episode 50 that's right 50 of these things for the always moto podcast as always i'm your host david hogan and we'll be joined later in the show by the always moto contractor big ben unfortunately he's still waiting to get paid we still we can't find that check it's just gone missing anyway this is the always moto podcast we are in the depths of the clinic and we asked throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be talking super motocross from Arlington and the Triple Crown there and all the action that happened in that uh, format there for Arlington. Always Moto Fantasy League, the Super Motocross Emergency Department and the updates for the riders heading into Daytona. We also have an interview with Colton Barney from the Privateer Paddock. Stick around for that. It'll be towards the end of the show. And we'll have our weekly product uh, highlight. So check out that as well. But bringing you the show today, as always, is Polar Australia and their incredible range of activity tracking heart rate monitors um, from their H10 chest strap and their top-of-the-line GPS multi-sport watch, the Polar Grit X Pro. Now, I know I said this week would be when that uh, review would be up on fullnoise.com.au. I'm just having a last couple of image issues, but we're getting there, guys and girls. It'll be out shortly. Thanks also to Slamboard Guy. Don't forget we have the affiliate deal in place with them. Slamboard Guy has offered 10% discount for Always Moto podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout. The link is in the show notes, so please check it out. Uh, it's there. Get yourself a Slamboard. It will help you be stronger on the bike. Now, something new this week, um, an endurance recovery boots. We also have an affiliate deal in place with them now as well. If you want to maximize your training, you need to be recovered by before each and every session. These recovery boots can help you be your best for your best effort at the next effort. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in the, in the lowercase at checkout uh, and you'll be able to get your boots from uh, the link in the show notes as well. As always, we still need your support on the show. We have our t-shirts available. Now, we've got a few of those going out the door this week. Thank you to everybody who's been purchasing those t-shirts. They are $25 plus postage and handling. Support the show and rock it at your next race. 
uh, send us an email to info at alwaysmoto.com.com uh, and put t-shirt order in the subject line and send us the size you want and we'll be in touch regarding payment and delivery details. Uh, if you want to sh- support the show, we can do. you can do a donation to the Always Moto PayPal account um, and drop a message or a question in there and we'll read it out live on the show. To find all the supporters, follow the links in the show notes, in our bio, uh, on our social pages and you'll be able to get linked up from there. Enough with the intro, intro talk, let's jump into the show. Hey guys, this is Grant Harlan and this is the Always Moto Podcast. All right, we're rolling. We've got the uh, contractor on the line. How are we doing, Benny? All right, here we're going. Yeah, it's late for us this week, mate. I apologize for that. I was out shopping at Costco. You know, these things you do on a on a Thursday night in Australia, it seems. But uh, yeah, we're, we're rolling a bit later than usual. It'll still be up in an hour or so. It'll be fine. I just won't sleep tonight. Yeah, no, that's all right. Uh, just uh, you got you got your pizza, so that's the main thing. <laughs> After forty five minutes waiting for it, but that's another story. All right, what do we think of Arlington Triple Crown over the weekend? It was a bit of a most like most Triple Crowns. It was pretty pretty eventful. There was lots happening. Um, what do you think? It was pretty full on. Uh, some good racing both classes, and um, yeah, no, it, they always produced a good racing. And um, it was, you know, the winner takes all in the last um, moto. So, yeah, no, it was uh, good to watch. Do you find it funny, but like as much as it's winner take all, they all still had like, you know, a bit of a rough, especially the 250s. They had a rough final moto and they didn't really win the race, any of them that needed to. And they all still ended up in pretty much the same order anyway. Yep. Yeah, no, uh there could, it could have been a very different outcome, but they all the top guys just ended up crashing and then staying where they were, uh, especially Hunter in that first corner, and uh, did well to make it back to where he did to get third. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. Generally speaking, do you are you for or against the Triple Crown? I'm, I'm kind of on the fence because I find that, that, like we just said, like there's always sort of one result for most of the most of the you know, riders in the class that isn't as good as the other two, but they all that sort of washes out. Like they, they sort of end up where they should end up overall anyway. Like I don't like that fact of it. What, what do you think on it? Do you like triple crowns? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same as you. I'm on the fence. Uh, I like a, you know, a normal main event, like full length, you know, and like you said, they sort of end up in the same spots as they are. Um, the th- I think it's three they have is fine, um, but then you know if you if you're gonna have it, I think it needs to be the east east west shootout, but then that could also be just a normal main event too. So it could be either. I would like it doesn't matter, but I think these ones in the middle they can probably just leave out and then just have like the east west shootout obviously that's only for 250s but just do one or two i think three is too many yeah okay that's not a bad i don't mind that idea about making the the east west showdown parts the the you know the triple crowns but i think there needs to be some sort of um you know like each each race of the triple crown counting for some part of the points more so than it does like you know to, i think they each individually need to be scored um you know I, I don't know how to do it but yeah there's something there's just something that i can't quite put my finger on about the fact that i don't like 
that aspect where that one bad race still just sort of washes out and you, you can still be okay at the end of the night because of it. I, I don't like that aspect of it. Other people probably do because it means, that, you know, it's not as important. But, yeah, I just don't like the fact that if you make that big of a mistake, kind of like Eli's one at Anaheim too, it didn't really hurt him all that much in the overall, you know, at the end of the night. So, yeah, I don't like that that, that didn't play in a bigger factor because it should have, I, I feel. But anyway, that's that's my thoughts on where it is. But, um. Yeah, generally the racing's exciting. I just don't like that the, that it all doesn't sort of count in the end. What about that with Hunter too? We mentioned just briefly there about his crash at the start of that one, and it sort of like we said washed out in the end. He ended up, what did he end up? Third, wasn't it? I think for the overall, second, third. Yes, um, no, he got he got third. Uh, I think only because maybe because Smith got that win in the middle. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so like Hunter's crash in that first corner, obviously he was going in pretty hard and fast, but like it didn't really count too much in the end because he still ended up on the podium. Yeah, and he's, you know, he him and Max Anty were last um, and he made his way all the way back up. Uh, but yeah, it's that's just how it goes. This Olympic style scoring just keeps it close and if you have that bad one at... It's not actually that bad. No, that's what it seems to work out. And similarly, um, another crash in the 250 class. Uh, the one time that Moseman seems to be have uh, found some form because he hasn't done very much at all since this East Coast started. He's out front leading, crashes under the tunnel. Jordan Smith out of nowhere plows him. Um, and then you, you picked this up. You wanted to bring this one up. How's Jordan Smith afterwards? How, how did he go? Yeah, he just uh, stood up on Moseman's bike and picked his bike up. And meanwhile, Moseman's bike's on top of him <laughs> and um, just, yeah, stands up on the bike and then gets on his bike and takes off. But I did see somewhere, I think, during the week that he felt bad about it. But it was, you know, in the heat of the moment, you just want to go as quick as you can. So, uh, yeah, I guess you can maybe forgive him for that. Do you feel like there's there's been a couple of those little sort of moments when two guys have crashed and the one guy will get up and sort of like almost take the piss on the other guy in the way that he gets up? Like he'll either hold the other bike down or, you know, you've seen, I think it was um, Malcolm and, and, and Anderson when Malcolm basically ran straight into him trying to go back to his bike. He just took the beeline. Instead of taking a step around him, he purposely went straight through um, Jason Anderson and basically knocked him back to the ground. Like, I feel like there's a few times that where these riders sort of take the piss just because they're a bit pissy about the fact that they both ended up on the ground. Like, that's, I think that's exactly what Jordan was doing in that moment. Yeah, it makes it good for us to watch. Um, <laughs> when you got Mookie doing that, it's uh, it's funny. But yeah, I guess in that, like you said, in that moment, they're a bit pissy and they just go, well, you know, I'm just going to push you on the ground or, you know, just make you get up that little bit slower. Yeah, exactly. They're just trying to get that little little bit back for that whole moment that's going on, I think. And, yeah, it, it is funny, but for us in the spectators, like I know I know when it happened at the time, I was like, oh, look at that, you know. He's been a bit of a dick. But, um, yeah, it's sort of you, you forget about it pretty quickly because it's, it's kind of minor in the big scheme of things. Like, obviously, Mosman's race was done anyway. Whether Jordan stood on his bike or not, it didn't make much difference. So Now, what about uh, 450s for the night? General thoughts on, on how that panned out? Yeah. Um, well, here we go, Sexton again. 
It wasn't as um, bad for me as the other Sexton moments. This one was sort of not completely his fault. Obviously, the crash earlier in that race was his fault. But the moments at the end of the race, not so much. That was just bad luck with the lappers and just a couple of minor, you know, missteps on his part that he, if he had a took the other option, it might not have ended up that way. So, yeah, I don't think it's quite the Sexton moment as everybody was sort of trying to add up to what else has been going on this year. Yeah, no, he's just – he's so fast. Um, just going to the first moto, he ran over Anderson, um, which held him up a little bit, say, in that first corner. Anderson went down and then he pretty much ran over his leg um, and got all the way back to third with, you know, half a lap left. I think if there was any more laps, he probably would have nearly got maybe Roxon at least. Um, but, yeah, that the crash in the last one – you know, that's just him pushing pushing a bit too hard and losing the front, but then he was lucky because Tomac went down. And then, yeah, just cheese goes and blows himself out in the um, whoops. And then as Cooper Webb does, you know, Sexton got caught behind Harlan a little bit there. And, um, yeah, Webb just took the opportunity like he does and ended up with a win. He's a fair income opportunist, that Cooper Webb. I don't know... I don't know how he keeps doing it, but he's in the right spot at the right time, that's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it was similar to when he got Roxon. I think Roxon got held up by Dean Wilson maybe uh, last year or the year before. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, took the, took the win away. Yeah, he seems to just be able to sit back there. You know, he's calculated in the sense that he's close enough, but he's not so close that it's going to affect him too. But he can see when they take that other option, he can still run that faster line and just blow straight past while they're, you know, dicking about behind the lap. I was like, it just, yeah, he's just, he's just that good at reading where everybody's going to be, I guess. And especially when you're sitting back at that distance, you've got that extra second or two to make that decision. Whereas Sexton going that little bit quicker and being that little bit closer didn't have that luxury. So, yeah, just um, well done, Cooper Webb, I guess, is the, is the point we're trying to make. Yes, and I think if you go back to, I think it was Oakland where Tomac made that little mistake on that last lap and Webb just saw that and, you know, he got that close. Um, it's just that, you know, the last few laps he just seems to pull another gear and he's right there. Yeah, 100%. That's that's his MO. So, but yeah, well done to him. He took another win, so that's two for the season for him. So have to see how it all pans out from here on out. But um, we're heading to Daytona this weekend. Same layout as last year. There's been a bit of a comment about that during the week. Um, I quite like Daytona as an event. I've never been to that particular one. I've been to plenty of the others, but I've never been to Daytona. But I just like the fact of it's different. It's a bit of history to the the event. Um, You know, it looks pretty good when you're watching on TV. Obviously, for all the ones that are standing on trackside at ground level, it's probably hard to see and such. And and things are a bit further away because it's a speedway. But... I just like it. I don't. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I like it watching it. I'll sit back and watching it on TV. What do you reckon, Benny? Do you, do you like Daytona as an event? Yeah, I think it's good. Um, one is enough. One of these hybrid tracks is enough for me. Uh, and, you know, a few years ago in the COVID times when they did the three races at Atlanta with the same sort of thing, didn't really uh, excite me that much, but yeah, Daytona is the one race that you know it produces good racing. Like you said, it's got the history to it, 
Um, it does have sand, which I'm not for, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got I'll two types bring... of sand, but it has that beachy sand section that's the man-made bit, but then the whole track is a sandy soil. So that's why I like this one more so than just even the, those regular sand sections that they just plonk into a supercross track. I, this is a, a legit sand supercross for me, so I, I really like this one because it's, it's the black sand too. It's not just you know white beach sand. It's completely different surface to what they're going to get the rest of the supercross season yeah and then you you know you've got that you've got the split lane um like the s bend split lane there which works out uh well and um yeah it's just it's different but like i said one is probably enough but they've also you know now we've got the super motocross playoffs which are going to be hybrid hybrid tracks as well so well you know we're going to end up with four at least but, uh, yeah, I think one's enough for me. Yeah, look, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I, I just like it. For some reason, it's it's the one that stands out to me as the one that I like. It might have something to do with the fact that we weren't actually able, as Aussies, years back when I first started watching Supercross, you know, um, from, the, from the States, we couldn't actually see Daytona for some reason because they always had a different TV coverage bit. So you'd only ever see photos and it always looked different. So I think that's what we had a bit of mystique to it because we couldn't actually see it all the time, whereas now... Now with the new coverage systems, we can watch it just as easily as any of the others. But back in the day, it, it sort of always had that mystique about, oh, it's Daytona, it's a fancy event, you know, can't watch it in Australia. It just stood out as being something different. But that black sand and, and the history and all that sort of stuff, you know, I was talking to a few of the guys this week that are injured getting ready for the emergency department later in the podcast and, and they're all like, oh, yeah, I really don't want to miss Daytona. I'm like, man, if I could, I'd just get that bike and I'd be out there whether I had two legs or one. I'd just be – I'd figure it out somehow. I'd, I think it's, it sort of made me remember the uh, the drop that I've got here for uh, Brett Metcalf. I just wanted get to – Get the bike ready. Yeah, I just wanted to get a bike ready and get out there. So I was um, – I don't know. If I could, I would be riding it for sure. Yeah, no, like you said, you can't – we couldn't watch it a few years ago and you'll laugh at this, but I – I know a guy that lives in America and I said to him, I said, you FaceTime me when that race is on. (laughs) (laughs) And I I watched the whole race, you know, over FaceTime just so, you know, I could try and watch it because, yeah, it was so hard to try and find it. Um, There was a few guys that used to like stream it on um, Twitch or YouTube or stuff like that. But, yeah, now we've got full access to it so uh, everyone can watch it. Yeah, it's made a big difference. But yeah, it was a pain in the ass for a few years there. I remember it was just it was just a blackout that weekend basically. You just had to um, you know, either find a bootleg stream somewhere or um just wait for the results to come up as a, you know, as a text somewhere or look on the live timing. I remember sitting watching the live timing actually one year on the AMA site and been wondering what the hell was going on just watching numbers on the screen. So, yeah, it's good to watch it in person live nowadays, but um yeah, Daytona Catch the fever. We'll um, see what happens this weekend. Be exciting for me. I'll enjoy it. Let's um, let's switch over, switch back to the homeland a bit here, mate. We've got um, Ozpro MX kicking off this weekend in Wontaggy. You excited about that one? Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good. But Sunday's gonna be so bad for us. Um, trying to watch both at the same time because um, <laughs> I think they're on similar times. So they're gonna cross the, over uh, like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, we'll have to have the phone going, the computer going, the TV going. We'll have it all going. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to have to just, you know, commit to one and then commit to the other one afterwards and then just that'll be it, you know. It's just, it's not going to work. There's only so many eyeballs that you can watch so many screens with. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, I think Daytona, you know, gets gets the biggest screen, but just just like we said, because of the event. But um, yeah, now first round it should be good, and everyone will be itching to go. And uh, you know, you see on the on the socials, everyone's training, everyone's getting ready, so it'll be good for everyone to get out there and get into it. Yeah, also it would be awesome to see it's back in action. But um, some some big things from the the two main teams for the Aussie side of things, the CDR boys and the and the Honda boys uh, for this year in twenty twenty three CDR. It's their thirtieth year as running a team in in Australian motocross and supercross, which is pretty amazing. Like I'm I'm thirty six, thirty. Oh, hold on, thirty seven. I'll get that right. I'm thirty seven. Uh, it's pretty amazing that pretty much the whole time that I've been going and watching races, there's been a CDR Yamaha team. So that's a pretty impressive effort from the CDR boys and Craig Dax specifically to keep that thing running this whole time. Yeah, and I just uh, I looked at before, in that time they have 50 championships. Jeez, that's a pretty impressive record for um, for that. That's almost, well, it's, it's almost two, all, both championships every year, isn't it? Like it's... Uh, pretty stiff record i don't think anybody else would be anywhere close to that no so i guess um yeah tanty's mx title was the 50th title wow that's pretty impressive so yeah tanny will be going to going out there to try to defend that title this year that he, that he won last year uh, there'll be a few people back in action we'll get to them in a sec but the other big news from the honda guys is a bit of a name change for 2023 they've got a new sponsor on board they're now going to be known as the boost mobile honda racing team so they've got Boost Mobile on board, which is a, I don't know, it's a pretty regular sponsor we see come and go at different times from a few different motorsports here in Australia. But, um, yeah, happy to have Boost back with the Honda boys in 2023. Yeah, Peter Adderton that uh, runs Boost loves his motorsport. And, um, yeah, you're right, he's, the Boost sponsorship shows up everywhere. Um, he had it on the supercars last year. Uh, I think he was sponsoring Chad Reed at some stage. I think he's uh, with Reedy pretty regularly, just always in some capacity. So yeah, yeah. So you know, he um, yeah, it's good that he you know puts his sponsorship forward and gets it out there. Yeah, so nice that they've got a you know another big nice title sponsor for the year. So that's awesome for the Honda guys. So. Helps keep the sport going around and that, obviously that big team, you know, in action, which is awesome too. So good to see. But yeah, like we mentioned, it's going to be Aaron Tanty defending the 450 title this year for the CDR boys. Um, Luke Clout's back with CDR this year. He'll be back after those injuries during the Supercross season and also the motocross season last year where he was the defending champ last year but lost out at round two, I think it was, when he broke his leg. So, yeah, he's uh, he'll be looking to do some make some make some noise again in 2023 we've also got jed beaton coming back from the mxgp scene for this year wasn't able to get a secure uh, secure a decent ride for the mxgp season so he's popped back to australia he's on the honda team he's the word is he's using this as a one-year deal sort of thing to get himself back to an mxgp ride for 2024 we'll have to see how that goes but i expect him to be i'd expect him to be pretty fast this year wouldn't you benny yeah, I think so, um, especially if, you know, he wants to try and use it for a contract next year. Uh, I think he'll he'll do pretty well, but 
the bikes over here will be, I guess, a little bit different over there. He might have to try and get used to that a little bit, but yeah, he should be quick. Yeah, and I'd be interested just on a little little side connection note here. I, with that injury to Tim Geisler and his femur, like as much as Tim, there's been some sort of mumbles about Tim being back at like the round four of the GP season. I just can't see that happening, but I could see something crazy happening that if Jed Beaton went out and just waxed everybody at the first round or two of our series, that if if Tim Geisler did end up being on the sidelines for like half the season or something, I could see him getting a call to come and do a fill-in or something at one of the rounds at least, you know, um, as a potential, you know, try-out as such. But I might be stretching the truth. I might be making absolute crap up. I don't know. But um, I could – I just think there's something to that just for some reason. So just keep an eye on that one. But, yeah, Jed Beaton back in Australia is a pretty good thing. And I think he'll be – I think he's going to raise the speed of the field. So it'll be good to see him going around. Another one back this year after quite the serious injury and quite a long time off the bike. Um, was he former champion or is he runner-up? Regan Duffy. Do you remember where he was for the 450 class? Uh, no, I think he was runner-up. I think he came runner-up runner to Clout. Wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got runner-up. So, But he's back. He, he had that major, major injury there about – 18 months or more ago um, where he you know, basically had his chest ripped open and had to have all sorts of surgery done around his heart. Uh, he's back this year with Gas Gas Australia, so good to see him back on, on the line. We'll have to see how he how he is at the first few rounds as to whether he's going to be a contender just yet or if he's going to need a bit more time to sort of build himself back up. But awesome that he's been able to get to this point in the first place considering what he's been through and the amount of hospital time he had. So that's awesome to see Reagan back. Uh, and then in the 250 class, we've got Wilson Todd, who was doing those couple of um, rounds of the AMA Supercross earlier this year. He's back with the Honda boys to do the 250 title, which he won pretty easily last year. So he's defending that. Uh, and then the other one that we just mentioned here as well, uh, Hayden Melros, he's... Finally back on the bike as per his Instagram updates, but we don't think he'll be racing the outdoors or at least the start of the outdoors at this point in time. He, he's only just back after all the issues he's had with his finger um, from his injury in Newcastle Supercross, which was quite some time ago now. So, yeah, I'm lucky for Hayden that it's taken so long for a finger injury, but uh, you never know how long an injury is going to take until they have to open you up. So, yeah, bit of a bit of a rough trot there for Hayden Melros. Yeah, if you look at the, his Instagram photo of his hand, it's uh, it's not very nice. So no, it's um, taken a lot of effort. Yeah. That thing just just to bend even. So yeah, it's um, a bit rough. All right, let's jump into our favourite part of the week, Benny. Or at least it's 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 mine when I'm, we're talking about you know my score versus your score. It's Pulp MX Fantasy and the Always Moto Fantasy League. Uh, how was your week, mate? That actually wasn't that bad. Um, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> it was it was good for once. Um, it could have been better, but I think I need to maybe just stay away from these first to the finish lines. I think. Well, you got one, and I got one, but we we got screwed on the other side. It was a wash, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, to- I, I I tossed up between Sexton and Tomac, and I went Sexton like a lot of other people did, and, yeah, I didn't get it. So that was minus seven points, but 
I got 240. Uh, so I got last week my goal was to get over 200 and I got over just with 204. So this week we've uh, we've cleared 200 a lot easier. Is that your highest score for this season so far at 240? Um, yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I got 233 at A2. And so, yeah, now we're on 240. Yeah. So, um, Cody Shock was really my only bad person in that you know mucked me up. So no, nah, it was a pretty good team. Yeah, nice. I got two fifty seven. So just let that sit for a second. <laughs> and <laughs> it's all right. Your time, your time will come. I You'll know have a bad it's going to It's going to get me good and proper some point, but it's been all right so far. We'll have to just keep sticking with this uh, somewhat conservative, but. Uh, consistent points scoring efforts that I'm going to to see if I can just keep running about this. I'm 15th in our league at the moment, which isn't great, but it's much better than I did last year, so I'm pretty happy with it so far. Yeah, and there's a lot more people in this, in the group this year too, which makes that even better. It does, it does. You're, you're, I had to click the next screen for your spot to come up. You're in 53rd, mate. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not that far behind, but yeah, it's still that far behind gets you fifty third. So Well when there's hundred and ten uh, players in the league, you're gonna end up fifty third with a with a mediocre score pretty quick and easy. So that's what happens when the league gets a bit bigger. It's it's awesome to have this many players in the league for us. Yeah, and there's been some, you know, really good scores in the last few weeks in our league. Uh so which is you know, that's good to see too. So I th- I think hopefully the, um they keep it up. Yeah, look, I think we've got obviously the f- the few players that are getting really high scores. We seem to have some very dedicated fantasy playing people in our league, and those people have actually joined the Always Moto. We've got a group chat going on Instagram. There's about what is it now, fifteen or so people in this group chat, and uh, there's a fair bit of banter that goes on on race day and and throughout the week about. Many different things, but obviously on race day, it's mainly fantasy talk and teams and who's good and who's not and obviously who ends up on a shit list halfway through the event or not for not qualifying into the main to get us our aid is great. But um, there's been quite a bit of fun in that uh, in that chat there, Benny, isn't it? Yeah, well, we talked after the podcast last week and we said we need to have a meme, get a meme or something ready for you know Friday morning and post it and get the show on the road and... Boy, did it start uh, a whirlwind of a weekend in that group chat. <laughs> the, every five seconds, it seems, the phone's going ding and, and, and the missus is like, who's that? I'm like, oh, it's just a group chat. It's still going. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Check out this, you know. <laughs> so it's awesome to have it going. If you guys out there, guys or girls listening out there playing the fantasy in the Always Moto Fantasy League and you want to be a part of the group chat, send us a DM, send it to me, Always Moto. Uh, on Instagram or send it to Benny Grino22, so G R I N O 22, um, and we can get you into the group chat and you can be a part of the fun. So send us a message if you want to jump in. Now, let's um, quickly, quick reminder too, we've got, we're up to about 25 people now who have sent through the email so that they're eligible for prizes. We're going to go from round 10. We're going to have a prizes from then uh, for some random things. So you've got two more weeks to get your email through to fantasy at alwaysmoto.com. To be eligible, you need to send through your pulp name and your Instagram um, username so that we can match those up and get prizes out when necessary if you win. 
And if you haven't done that, when your name comes up for that, you'll have 24 hours to respond and complete those tasks. Otherwise, the prize will go to the next person on the list. So if you want the prize, you better get emailing people. Um, all right. Let's quick review the team, Benny. Who'd you have in Arlington? Uh, just give me two seconds. I just clicked out of it. Oh, went back work, to my yeah, team. Being, yeah, yeah, just uh, went mate. back to my team for this week. Mate, you got to have the... Get the bike ready. Yeah, you got to have the bike ready. Come on. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I had 250 team, Cody Shock, Max Anstey, who, like I said, Cody Shock didn't get me. He got me nine points, so that was great. Um, Anstey, because of that first turn crash... With Hunter, um, wasn't any of his fault, but didn't get the full all-star points, so I got 21 with him. Uh, Marshall Welton got me 32 points, and Jordan Smith got me 42 points. Yeah, not bad, not bad. I had Hunter for 21, I had Henry Miller for 32, I had Jace Allen for 30, and I had Jordan Smith for 42 as well, so not too different there with the all-star and then Jordan Smith, but um, yeah, obviously Cody Shock got you pretty good for that one. Yeah, and then yeah, the minus uh, minus seven for the FFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Kenny for my all star. He maxed out and gave me the twenty six. Uh, Justin Cooper got me twenty eight. I risked someone that I said I would never pick again. Um, going off his form, the last two weeks was pretty good, so I risked it, hoping that the third week would be good. And Benny Bloss got me forty two points. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like I said, I was never going to pick him again. But, yeah, I picked him and it paid off. And I got um, Shane McElrath for 32 points. Yeah, right. Okay, so I had Shane as well. Um, I went Jason Anderson, so I got my max for the All-Star. I had Josh Hill at 36. And I had Josh Cartwright got 30. So not too bad on that side of things. And same as same as you, we spoke about FFLs. I had Hunter and I had Chase, so ended up, you know, same, same, so not too bad. All right, have we had a chance to look at a team for this week in Daytona? Yeah, I've got a team. Uh, Who are you going I'm for solid on one. <laughs> so I'm solid on Hunter. That's it. That's who I'm picking. Um, he's going to stay there, but the other three, it's going to be a qualifying thing, but I've got Chance Hymas, Jeremy Hand, and Chris Blows. I think I said I'd never pick Bloss again, but he's not an all-star and he's been getting a little bit better. So we'll uh, we'll just keep an eye on those qualifying times. You're quite loose on this uh, never picking again, and but I'll pick you next week sort of situation. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to be a bit uh, yeah. firmer with your, uh, you know, your comments, mate. You can't be coming out half and half and then switching your mind. If you're going to not pick somebody, you're going to not pick somebody. Yeah, I can't remember if he was on it. But, but anyway, if he was, he's on there now. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Somebody out there in he's the group own. chat's going to start keeping a list of uh, the people that you said you're never going to pick again, and just start reminding you week on week. I can see it now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so for two fifties, I'm actually going to go. I think I'm going to go Tom Vial for my all star. I just feel like Daytona sand just matches well for a European. Um, I've gone Chance Hymas at this stage, Talon Hawkins because he's a six, and Cullen Park at a four. 
I'm not sure on Park or Hawkins, but I'm pretty sold on Vial and Hymas at this point in the week. We'll see how that goes with some qualifying times closer closer to lockout, eh? What about yeah, your, man, sounds all right. What about your four fifties, mate? What have you done? Um, right, I've got Tomac. It's pretty hard to go against Tomac. Uh, I was going to go Sexton, and I feel like if there's a race that Sexton's going to win, it's going to be this one. Um, I just feel like, yeah, I just he, you know, those two battled for the outdoor title last year. It's an outdoor, you know, sort of hybrid supercross track. But I just feel like, you know, in Tomax won six and the last few in a row, I feel like if there's going to be a race, Sexton will pick this race and that, that'll be the one that he gets in. Don't you feel so, like with this one for Sexton, Bart, it's kind of like that Stewart at Daytona sort of scenario where balls out fast, but because he's going so fast, makes a massive, massive mistake. Like um, Chase has already done that too. He, remember he tried to double the wall jump or something in practice two years ago and smashed his face on the handlebars when he overjumped it. Yep. I do remember that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to talk you out or anything, but you know, just, just reminding you of some certain, certain facts, but anyway, go on. Yep. So Chase Sexton, all-star. No, no, it's Tomac, but I just feel like Sexton will be the winner. Yeah, okay. Wouldn't you pick Sexton there <laughs> if you think he's going to win? Uh, no, I picked. Did I pick? I didn't pick. No, I picked. <laughs> I picked Roxton last week, so no, no, I can't. I just can't do it for fantasy points wise. It's not safe. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, who else is on the team? Um, at this point, I've got Freddie Noren. 16 handicap. I'm going to watch qualifying, but if it pays off, um, there could be some decent points there. I've got Josh Hill, and I'm still to pick a fourth fourth person. I was going to pick Christian Craig, but he's an all-star now, so I can't have two. Mm. Uh, I'll see how – if Ferrandis is supposed to be back, if he is back, I'll keep an eye on how he goes in qualifying because he's been off the bike a bit, but – he could be a pick. Um, I don't think, you know, uh, someone might pick RJ, but I'm going to stay away from that, I think, uh, as a 450 debut. But, yeah, I'm not yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I think the fourth pick will come on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm going to go, as much as I think Eli and Sexton and Webb are pretty well one, two, three, some way, somehow, I'm just going to pick differently this week. I've got Aaron Plessinger at, as an all-star at four. Uh, so he's only got to get fifth or better, which I think he can do. Um, Ferrandis is back this week. Uh, I'm going to go Ferrandis at a minus two because I feel like he's at least seventh in this field, even with coming back from injury. I've got Justin Cooper and I've got Justin Hill, which I'm really not sold on. But we'll see. Um, Justin, Justin Hill's my... Uh, you know, maybe change before lockout. I don't know. Yeah, well, him and Josh have been doing pretty well. And I think, like you said, Josh got you some good points last he week. So did. I'm quite um, surprised by both of their efforts and results so far this season. I'm surprised that they're both still in the series and both still doing quite well. So it's uh, it's good for them. It's awesome for them. It's just a little bit surprising, to be honest. Yeah, no, I would like, you know, I've got Josh on my team, but we'll um, 
We'll see how we go. He didn't miss a few in the middle there, which is a little bit worrying. Like for me, at least last week, you knew that he was in, but when it comes to heats, um, yeah, it's might be might be a bit of a gamble, but we'll see. Mm. Now, FFL for Daytona, or are you leaving that alone? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't picked one yet. I'm yeah. not sure. I oh. may may just leave it. I may just go all out too and pick both again. I'm I'm not doing it. My policy is only triple crowns. There's no way I'm doing it without without it being a triple crown. And that's that's a fair uh, fair policy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's thank the sponsors for the fantasy league too. Before we forget, we've got Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX. Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia, and Bolt Everywhere. Those companies, we appreciate your support, and there's going to be some more of their uh, postings coming through on the Instagram stories here in the next few weeks. But we're also, like I said, from round 10, we're going to have a couple of random one-off prizes through a couple of rounds, and then obviously the end, we're going to have the overalls as well, as well as that... Uh, prize for the person who's sharing their team the most on Instagram using their hashtag, using our hashtag, Always Moto Fantasy League. So make sure if you're putting your team up, you tag Always Moto Fantasy League on your post, so that way we can find it and we can count up who's done it the most at the end of the season, and you'll get a special prize on the side as well. So. Once again, thanks for everybody for playing. If you want to be part of that uh, group chat, send us a DM. Uh, I'll send Benny a DM, Grino22, and we can get you in there and we can uh, all enjoy some fantasy bullshit talk. Anything else for you, yeah, Benny, before we, we uh, jump off here? Do we have a leader for the uh, tagging of their <clears throat> teams in this on Instagram? I would have to count it up, but I'm pretty sure one of the boys, uh, uh, what is it, Spratly, Craig? Um, from the group chat. I'm pretty sure he's done it quite a few times because I've seen him do it. I know some of the guys over at Three Kings Podcast, they're actually doing it quite often as well. So I know those two are very regular, uh, but I'd have to check exactly who has the edge as to who's done it the most so far. Yeah. Uh, You got me on the spot there. I didn't count that one. Sorry, mate. (laughs) that's all right Uh, well all right let's leave that segment there we'll uh take a quick break and we'll be back with the emergency department on the always moto podcast hey this is brett metcalf you're listening to always moto podcast all right guys and girls we are back let's get straight into the emergency department the emergency department all the injuries all the gory details and when they'll be back on track it's the list you really don't want to be on You do not want to be on this list ever, ever, ever. It sucks. Trust me, I'm still on the on the injured list. Uh, It's been over eight months now, and it sucks. (laughs) Plain and simple. And I didn't even do anything like. And I'm biting the doctor. I I didn't bite the doctor, but uh, Carter Stevenson did. As from our last show, so we got the new drop here. Uh, He'll be biting people plenty times soon. But um, look, let's jump into the into some notable things here. We're gonna, like we said, we're changing up the emergency department list and how we're doing it. We're just gonna run through what happened from that previous round and who's gonna be back. So things to note from last round: it's finally come out that Nate Thrasher does have an ACL injury. Uh, there's no confirmation on which side of whether it's right or left as to which knee is actually injured. But I had an educated guess on Twitter if anyone wants to check it out. 
If you watch his riding style, you should be able to figure it out. He's leaving one leg on the bike at pretty much all times in every corner. It's not sticking out for a cornering technique. It's firmly fixed on that peg or he's standing on the pegs. I think he's very cautious about sticking that foot out on the ground and it shows in his technique. And I think at some point that's going to catch him out. Either somebody's going to bump him in the corner, he's going to make a mistake and have to put that foot out, and that might see the end of this season for him come a bit quicker than he hoped. He is riding really well considering, but unfortunately if he continues to ride in that manner, it's only a matter of time before he has to put it out and he will cause some more damage. I'm assuming he's wearing something a bit extra under there in terms of the knee brace. Maybe he's spoken to someone like CTI and got some additional pieces put onto the brace to make him more stable. Maybe he's tightening it. Maybe he's wearing strapping tape underneath as well. Not that strapping tape will help with an ACL tear. It won't do squat for it, to be honest. But if he has some other associated things, maybe he sprained his uh, MCL as well. It would help for those things. So... Taping's not usually useful in, in the sense of an ACL. People will try and do it. It doesn't do shit, trust me. It doesn't do shit. Um, but so for Nate, the thing for him now is managing week to week. How does he get from one week's efforts at the racetrack through what the knee's going to look like on Sunday? How does he get it back to a good situation come Saturday morning again to go racing again? So that there's a lot of swelling management and a lot of pain management that's going to have to occur for that week to week for him. That's going to be a lot of ice baths, a lot of elevation, a lot of compression stockings, a lot of range of motion activities uh, to maintain movement, but also help pump swelling out of the lower limb and out of the knee area. He may also need to get some assistance in that swelling side of things and actually have the, the area drained on a regular basis. Depends on how much swelling is filling into it and whether it becomes intracapsular or extracapsular swelling, whether it's in the knee compartment itself or out exterior to that so a couple of factors in that as well as to whether you'll be able to do that draining aspect or not but majority of this can be managed if the workload is um is is done in a in, in a in a productive but but restrictive manner and as long as there's no further insult to that injury site so when i say insult he doesn't dab that foot and tweak it again uh, so because that would just make things potentially even worse so which is what was talking about at the beginning of this segment when we said he's riding with his feet on the peg now the main parts for him is going to be controlling his position of his knee now he's obviously doing that quite well by keeping his foot on the pegs but even when you're standing in a standing position say you're going through the whoops and you're up on your pegs your feet your butts off the seat you're in that sort of semi-squatted position, copping the pounding there as you go through the whoops. Every time you impact those wheels onto the face of the next whoop, it's getting a load through the knee. You've got to be able to control your knee position so that the tibia doesn't shift forward and cause pain or catch meniscus. And the only way to do that now that the ACL is missing is through improving his motor control and eccentric loading of his hamstrings to essentially use his hamstring as a brake to stop the shift of that tibia forward. So he's going to basically use his hamstring to pull that tibia back because the hamstrings will attach down onto the tibia bone. Uh, so it's something he's going to be having to control. And if he's not doing exercises for that already in the gym, I'd be highly surprised and quite shocked that somebody hasn't pointed that out already. But that's what you would be doing. You'd be doing sort of lowering exercises, hamstring, eccentric hamstring exercises, little step forwards and props, 
in a controlled manner and then increasing that distance to get more and more hamstring involvement to stop the shift of the tibia. Over about four to six weeks, that can be basically come to a point where if he's not doing a sidestepping or a cutting motion that we call it for something like you know NFL, NRL, where he has to sidestep at pace, which you don't have to do obviously on a motorcycle, in about four to six weeks, that hamstring control should be good enough to not need that, that ACL at all. The only reason he'd have to get it repaired is if he then catches that knee in an awkward manner again, twists it, tears meniscus or, or tears an MCL along something along those lines, and then it's worth him getting the whole thing repaired. How long will this last? It could last one race. It could last six or seven years. He, he might go his whole career without this ACL now. You don't know. There's plenty of riders that have done it that still don't have it and never got it fixed. But he might tweak it tomorrow and he's out and that's when he gets it fixed because it will impact him then as a it's a potential burden for him in future championship chases and he might want to just get it fixed. So it'd be disappointing if he does go out because he is looking like a fair competitor to Hunter Lawrence at this point in time. It would also be disappointing from the Star Racing Yamaha guys because that would be him and Nick Romano out with ACLs for the entire season. Uh, so they'd be down two riders, which out of their 20 or 50-odd riders that they have on their crew, it might not be such a bad thing for them, but it would be a high-ranking high ranking guy that they're going to lose. So we'll have to see how that goes. But at any point in this season, that lack of an ACL could now be an issue for him and cause him to miss races or miss the rest of the season. You don't know when it's going to happen. It might not happen at all. But he's definitely going to have to focus on managing that swelling, managing pain, preventing insult to that, and getting his hamstring control massively improved to make sure his position of his tibia is controlled by that hamstring now that the ACL is missing. So just some extra information there for you guys and girls out there. I actually got hit up by a physio student this, this week on a, on a DM on Instagram, said they were interested to see a bit more about that ACL side of things. So hopefully that gives you some information there. And if you want any more, let me know and we can have a chat privately um, about that information because there's Plenty of things we could talk about specifically from uh, actual training during the rehab side of things if more people are interested. So let us know and we can uh, pop in some more details later on in future shows. Next on the list, Joey Savacci, number 17 on that Rick Ware Racing uh, Kawasaki. Injured in that first Triple Crown race, has tweaked his wrist. Now, there's, he's gone radio silent since he was in, in the um, doctor's rooms getting some scans done. Whether that means that was bad news, whether that means it was good news, we don't know. This is meant to be his last race uh, that he was the Rick Ware guys were supporting him for would be Daytona this weekend. I kind of expect him to be there whether he's 100% or not, but depending on what's needed, he might miss out. If he has broken something and needed surgery, that might be why he's gone radio silent, but we'll have to check back. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Saturday, you will see it. Um, but at this stage, we don't have a confirmation if he's going to be there or not. But I'm feeling like he will be. But we'll, we'll see. I could be wrong. Julian Bennick, we've been in touch with this week. He got uh, a bit of a bruised and twisted knee and lower leg from a crash in, in Arlington. He's already been back on the bike this week. He will be in Daytona, which is good news for him. He was saying he was just a bit sore and swollen, obviously, and he was just taking some measures. We talked to him about some uh, swelling management techniques while we're chatting to him this week. So uh, hopefully he's getting a lot better as he's uh, getting closer to race weekend, but he should be back ready to go. Um, everyone saw Hardy Munez get plowed by Michael Hicks in that uh, one of those Triple Crown races there at the end of the whoops. 
The crash itself wasn't too painful, according to Hardy, when we checked in with him. The bike impacting him was definitely the worst part of it. He only has some just some tire marks, he said, up his up his abdomen or uh, chest area. So, but he's going to be in for Daytona as well, which is good news. Now, out for out for from Arlington and out for Daytona. Um, Adam Cincerulo, that press day incident, a wrist injury of some description for AC and that Monster Energy Kawasaki of his won't be on track for the next few weeks. No details as such, but the fact of the press release saying that it was a like an aggravation of his wrist injury sounds to me like there's something still going on and maybe those whispers that were happening pre-season about a wrist or hand or forearm injury that they were linking back to his ulnar nerve issue, maybe that's what's rearing its head now. We don't know. You won't find out for a little while. Um, but it just sucks for AC. This injury plague that is following him around, it just continues to just cut him down uh, as things start to build slowly for him. This is going to set him right back. He's going to be just not contending again for quite some time. Maybe it's better for him to just focus a recovery period into being ready for outdoors. I don't know. It's a little bit early for that, but I dare say he's going to want to be back as soon as he can. But if we get any more information, we'll bring it to you as soon as we possibly can. Uh, Luke Nice got taken out uh, in one of those races at the Triple Crown there in Arlington. <clears throat> Managed to get three broken toes. He's going to sit out Daytona, he's told us, um, here this week. But he's hoping to be able to be, get that foot back in a boot ready for Indy the following week. But you'll have to see how that goes next week when he tries to go for a ride, probably mid-next week. So taking a little bit of time just to let those toes settle get swelling down and obviously figure out a way to strap him up so that he can get the boot on and try and be useful with the boot uh, and the toes and the foot for a race at Indy. Tristan Lane uh, had a big get-off, <clears throat> big get-off over the Supercross triple. Um, hit neutral, I think it was, or first gear, dropped it down, nose-dived, smashed the handlebars. If you look at the Instagram pics that he's put up, He's broken the handlebar off right next to the handlebar mount um, with that impact. Luckily, somehow, he's only managed to sprain an ankle and get a bone bruise or a bone contusion, we call it. Uh, He's going to take the week off and try to rest up and be ready for Indy as well. Given it's only a sprained ankle, if he can keep the management of the swelling down, uh, some tape or something of those uh, ankle brace type setups would be useful for him to get through Indy and help him through that. So... Fair chance he'll be back ready to go in a week's time. Um, the big one from the round, um, lots of you out there would have seen the photos of Devin Harriman's leg. He had a compound fracture to his tib-fib of his left lower leg, uh, compound being where the, the bone goes out of the skin. It's a bit of an ugly sight. wasn't too ugly in this case, but it still it came out. So, you know, once it's out, it's always out. But yeah, he's he's going to have surgery on that leg to correct it uh, and he'll be out for probably about three to five months depending on uh, how that recovery process goes, how that healing early healing phases go and whether he wants to get um, any of that metal hardware out later on before he returns to racing or not. That'll be up to him and that will dictate how long he is out for. 
but interesting news this week. Making a return for Daytona is Dylan Ferrandes, the number 14 on that Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha. After his concussion in Houston, he's had about three weeks off now from racing. He's been off the bike for about two, uh, but he will be making his return at Daytona. He will still have to pass that concussion protocol final step when he arrives at race day, but that should be a formality given the time that he's taken off. So we expect to see Dylan back on track at Daytona. Now that's the emergency department for this week. A um, little bit of a quick one there. Sorry, put these notes together a little bit late uh, after the, we've recorded the rest of that show there. It's late tonight uh, and we're getting this show out a bit later than usual, but uh, still bringing you the most accurate information for injuries in our sport than anybody else. So we do what we can here on the Always Moto podcast. All right, let's take a break uh, and we'll be back with more of the show shortly. I'm Brighton Carroll, riding for Team TCD. And you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, now on the Always Moto Podcast, we've got a little different interview for you this week. Uh, not so much in the in- injury realm this week with uh, you know catching up with a rider. We're going to go into the paddock a little bit deeper. We've got Colton Barney from the Privateer Paddock on the phone with us uh, today just to talk through some things with his program and what he's doing in the Supercross pits. Welcome on the line, Colton. Thank you. Glad to be on. That's awesome. It's always nice to have a different voice and a different perspective uh, from the sport. Come on and and chat to us a little bit and find out about what you're doing as such. So, yeah, appreciate your time, mate. Yeah, for sure. It's always good to hop on and kind of tell the world what what we got going on. So, yeah, nice. So, Tell the tell everybody to start with a little bit. Just just who are you yourself? What's what's your background? Is this your your one and only, or is this your this is there a day job that goes along with this? And this is a side hustle. How's this all work for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I am the butt patch guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is uh, that is what I am known for. That's how uh, I got my start. Um, yeah, so I just I got into moto like most people. Uh, my dad raced, and I basically grew up on a dirt bike, right? Um, I did the whole high school deal, played soccer, et cetera. Um, but yeah, always always had that dream of racing in stadiums, being in stadiums, um, you know, just the dream, living the dream. So, so why butt patches? Why did it start with a butt patch? Um, that was just something that I personally wanted that I. You know, you don't, you don't see that often unless you're Ken Roxon, right? And that was, Ken Roxon was my inspiration to have one. Um, and I just wanted to stand out a little bit from someone and, uh, being crafty, it's, uh, just got going on that. So. Yeah. Right. Like uh, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, it's not something that I would think too many, you know, guys are sort of going in for the needle and stitch work, which is kind of what that is, isn't it? It's like a textile sort of thing, but you obviously yep, enjoyed yep. it, found a, found a niche for it and, it's it's through what's the business that you run that one under again? Um, it started out as Patched MX, but I grew it into Somnium. Yep. Um, kind of just outgrew the whole Patched name as we um, started adding products. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, obviously, as you branch out in the different areas, a patch sort of implies one thing, doesn't it? So, yeah, nice. So, right. but then, how do we end up as the privateer paddock? Because this has only started for this season, hasn't it? For twenty twenty three. Right. Um, so it's branded as the privateer paddock this season. However, we did start last year with, uh, David Poley and Addison Emery. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically how that started was I was tired of sneaking into the pits to <laughs> do my job <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, so 
I was like, you know what, I'm going to help out some guys and this will in turn allow me to do my job correctly and be there on the weekends and, and all that. So, so when you say sneaking into the pits, obviously you weren't able to get, get passes or whatever. You're just coming in as a spectator, I gather at that point, trying to sew on some patches before yep. night shows, I gather. Yep, absolutely. Um, sometimes Fridays we would have get stuff in on time. So, yeah, nice. So, so the 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 actual you know this year's program with the privateer paddock, you've got more than just the two guys like you had last year. What's what's changed? What are you trying to do with this thing? Yeah, so um, this season we have a total of nine guys utilizing the paddock. Um, sorry, I gotta go through my notes here. Let me just state the question again. Yeah, sorry if sure. you have to edit this. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, so just the the actual the privateer paddock man. Like you've got, you said nine guys. What's the actual aim for this? Like you explain the program a little bit. Yeah. So um, basically, it's just a soft landing. Um, it's designed to be like an intro to a race team environment. Um, so it's a large space, a lot of moving parts, a lot of people, um, certain connections with industry personnel. Um, yeah, just a level above pitting out of a van with your dad pretty much. Yeah. So, so you're sort of trying to pull your efforts, I gather, you know, trying to assist rather than just having the one person with you, with your dad doing everything you might have, there might be four or five people standing there that could assist with, you know, if there was a motor change necessary or something along those lines, that would make it a bit easier in this sort of environment, yeah? Right, right, absolutely. Yep, just adding more elements and uh, more like a, like a regular race team that you would face. So, so how does it work? Do, like, these guys come to you and say, look, we know you've got this 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 paddock pier like um set up or, or and are you transporting their bikes around as well or and did they come to you and say look you know we want to use that for it or do you approach people and say hey we've got this space we think you'd benefit from it what's what what's the arrangement there for the from from that side of things to get on on and be underneath the the the, the banners that on the weekend um so this year it was kind of a little different um just being the first year and a couple of different partners Um, All of our guys were selected um, with a partnership with Just One um, by Lucky Foster at Just One. Okay. Um, So, yeah. um, Let's see. Some guys uh, decided to run their their own program off the side of it. Um, And then, obviously, we have select guys that decided to use the paddock. Yeah. And we we always encourage guys to kind of build their own program um so they're not typically locked in per se and that's for like other things outside of like obviously just one's the gear brand so they're probably all most of them Mm -hmm. are wearing that i gather but like you're talking like establish their own program in terms of their own bike or 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 part an exhaust partner or, or or fuel partner or something along those lines yeah is that what you're saying about their own program right yep right absolutely yeah because uh they're all <clears throat> they're all running uh, different bikes, and you know they have their own personal sponsors. So um, a lot of the times, uh, sponsors will be conflicting with what we run, right? Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, we always encourage encourage their own program. Yeah, nice. So is, is what's like you know, and this might be difficult to to answer, but like. The, is there much expense for them like are they paying for this 
this service to come on t- underneath you guys, obviously from the transport aspect and that? Um, so realistically, the only thing we do charge for is transport mm-hmm. um, just to help cover fuel. And that's, that's pretty t- typical within the paddock. Um, you'll see a lot of guys actually go and ask um, if they can transport or et cetera. But as for being on the program, we do not charge at all. Um, so they, they just have to take care of their traveling expenses yep. currently. And uh, really, that's about it. Yeah, nice. So are you guys like, are you guys feeding them and stuff too? Like, like you know, the you know bigger teams will have a, you know, the, the truck driver tends to be the one that ends up working the working the barbecue or the grill there, and you know, providing the meals as such. Do you, are you guys doing that same sort of setup as well? Um, kind of, yeah. Um, so actually, our driver is working as a mechanic for two of our riders. Nice. Um, yep. And then uh, the team owner, me, I am. Uh, whipping it up at the grill so <laughs> typical chicken and rice and veggies you know yeah you got to multitask on the day You're, you got to wear multiple yep. hats don't you absolutely so where do you see this this program going like what's the goal for you is it is it viable to for you to say this is a you know is the business moving forward or or is this still just going to always be like a little bit of a an assistance program just for supercross what do you what do you see it coming into <clears throat> Um, our ultimate goal is to be a solid, profitable, full-time team. Um, I don't, I don't think you want to put a, a block on that, right? You just want to keep going forward. Yep. <clears throat> um, yeah. Where if eventually we can add like monetary bonuses for these guys and actually get them paid, um, which is rare for like a transport privateer team. Right. So that'd be pretty interesting if you're able to get that. Like, obviously that would be something way different from that level of guy you know to be able to get that sort of support right. rather than just being the one you know oh my bike turned up to the track woohoo you know <laughs> right yep, yep exactly and that that uh that just takes a whole lot of stress off these guys too you know because like they show up and it's like if i don't make a night show like it's it's pretty detrimental so if uh, we can cover some costs for them take that load off i think it'll it'll help them a lot yeah definitely so what made you want to, other than trying to not sneak into the pits, what made you go down this path of I'm going to be a team manager? Um, ultimately, uh, we're doing this because like any business or product per se, um, there is problems um, and we see solutions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just going to take some time. Um and the number one problem we see is transparency, you know, like communication. Um, after, uh, you know, after sneaking into the pits and spending time with these guys and, you know, like really roughing it out with them. Um, we've seen a lot of guys uh, get, <clears throat> excuse me, burned and broken from broken promises. Mm-hmm. Um, we Too many of these teams come in and paint this big Bob Ross painting that, and they can't live up to that, right? Yeah. So. so, yeah, it's trying to obviously fill that, fill that little void there for them and, and be reliable, I gather, would be a nice point to put onto, onto what you guys are doing for them. It's just a reliable source of yeah. getting you there and back and we're always going to provide this. So this is just for Supercross, is it, at this stage? Um, this year, is, it'll most likely be Supercross only, but, yeah. but uh, I, I would love to take it outdoors. Um, I mean, if you can just build up that momentum throughout the year, right, you can only grow from there. So 
Well, yeah, and I suppose it depends on it, you know the number of people you end up putting into the truck. Like, obviously, if they're all you know pitching in for the the transport fee, you know, that's then going around. Well, then you know more bikes getting transported. The easier it is to to justify that from a you know business point of view too, isn't it? So that might work out right, right. in time too. Awesome. Yeah, so, absolutely. So what um you know at the end of all this how wh- what are you guys doing with the riders i think i've seen you guys on the socials and putting out different things is that where you're trying to generate some interest for you know future future support of this and and what's the how can people find you on the, on those social channels what's the actual what's the actual handle for you guys yeah um it's just uh, the underscore privateer underscore paddock on instagram mm-hmm. and uh yeah like basically we're a marketing firm, right? Like we're uh, marketing for these guys to uh, help them improve their image. And then um, all the while, like gaining funds from marketing, right? So at the end of the day, it's just um, marketing your brand. Yeah, perfect. Which obviously that's something that, you know, everyone needs to do these days, unless you're doing something to promote your name in association with other things. It's not going forward, is it? Like it's, not especially at that level too. You, you you're not getting a, a win as such that's making you in the in the public eye. It's how you're personable yep. and everything else on 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 the other channels regularly too. So. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Like uh, these guys aren't going to be on TV, and uh, quite frankly, I don't think someone's going to buy something because they see a two inch sticker on your fender, right? No. Um. So yeah, really, really attacking all your social media avenues and showing up pretty much you know yeah awesome so is there is there anything in particular about the team that you know you're really proud of at this point um really just how well people are working together um it it really is like a, a full team effort like everyone's jumping in everywhere um no one's just taking the the load right so yeah i'm i'm really proud of everyone involved and seems to be working out well so are you still sleeping week to week like you know obviously we're doing all this stuff now with probably more guys than you than you you know than you had last year and obviously the year before that you didn't have to have that sort of pressure you still getting plenty of sleep during the week uh absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) between uh between running uh, my my business and then uh, getting all the gear done uh, for the guys and uh, traveling and it's uh yeah it's uh, never ending we've definitely spent some time in some airports where we could get a little sleep uh, but other than that that's about it it's a full-on gig isn't it once you take on that next, oh, next step and you're you're going absolutely. every round it's uh there's a lot to do especially if you're still keeping the regular you know day day business as such you know the one that's that's been bringing in the funds so yeah there's a lot to go into it yep Absolutely. Yep. You gotta, you gotta fund what you want to do and, uh, just take the next level from there. So, yeah. Awesome. No, look, man, look, Colton, appreciate you you having a little chat with us here and, and running through what the program's doing. It, it's a, it's a positive thing for the sport and we, we need more of those sorts of people so that we can continue to have lots of privateers at these events. It's, um, it's what's necessary to make this sport continue to go around. So yeah, look, it's, it's awesome to hear about the privateer paddock and we really appreciate your time on the always motor podcast. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate now and, uh, letting me kind of share what we have going on. So. No, easy. It's, it's, it's what we try and, you know, try and spread, put a bit of spotlight on these sorts of things. And, um, 
it's nice also not to talk about the injury aspects for, for a change too. So it's a, it's a positive point of view today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's definitely been uh, been a lot of those this year and uh, like every year, but it's just part of it, right? Yeah, well, that's what we, we say here all the time, that injuries are a part of moto, unfortunately, you know. But, um, yeah, no, it's yep. just nice to not have to – not like we can always speak to somebody about an injury because there's so many. It's nice to talk about something different right. every once in a while. So, yeah, it's it's awesome to see you guys are doing something to support these guys and, yeah, hopefully they're going to gonna benefit from it and you guys will continue to be able to help them out year on year. So it'd be awesome to see you guys at, at a national or something is here as well very soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, these guys are they're the backbone of the sport. These are the guys you see at your local track. Um, these are the guys that you can come up to and talk to, and they're just like every other guy, right? So, yeah, if we can build these guys up, that'll be uh, that'll be awesome. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Well, look, we'll, uh, I'm sure this will make a few people come and find you at the at the track, and um, hopefully, um, they can now be aware that the privateer paddock is out there helping out, and maybe they'll come and ask you for a butt patch. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or uh, maybe we can uh, get some more partners on board, and uh, we'll make it we'll make it worth your investment for sure. Um, I think we got some cool ideas brewing, and uh, have a cool little avenue. So yeah, definitely. All right, man. Well, that's the, thanks for the time, and uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Appreciate it, Colton. Okay, thank you. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Scott Meshi, number 411, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto Podcast and episode 50 that we are deep into right now. Let's jump into the weekly product spotlight. This week's product is funnel web filters. Now, for anybody who hasn't seen a funnel web filter, it's an air filter for your bike, and it looks like a pineapple. It's, it's fair dinkum looks like a pineapple. But these are an awesome air filter. I've been using these filters for about 10 years, which is quite a long time. I found them when I needed to transition from one bike to another, and I needed to upgrade some new filters. I'd always run another brand, um, but when I found these, I thought that was a fantastic idea that came along with them. And that pineapple design is the idea itself. It actually, it increases the surface area of the filter and allows it to be used for a longer lifespan, which means that you can run that in a dusty condition uh, for longer before you need to change that air filter because of the extra surface area that it's breathing through. The other aspect that's really cool with these is there's actually a hard rubber ring when I say hard, it's like a it's a it's a dense material of rubber um, that is it's still flexible in the sense that you can fold the filter up and squish it out when you're pushing through air filter oil or cleaning it. But it it allows you to have a firm feel when you're seating the air filter into the into the bike to tell if it's sealed or not. So when you're making sure that you're running your finger around the rim to check that it's seated, you can actually feel this quite well um, to tell that it's in properly before you put your seat or your side panel back on. So if you're not checking that aspect of it being seated, you really need to look at yourself pretty hard in the mirror because that's how you prevent your engine from getting dusted. In many cases, that's just how it's, how people have ended up in that situation because they haven't checked that that rim has seated well into the bike. But those that rim and the extra surface area is what makes these filters super good to use uh, and I've had really good uh, effect with that. One such race I can remember for sure, I was following a guy um, in a very dusty race in a, in a cross country for three hours and at about two and a half hour mark, 
His bike stopped and it was the filter that was block solid and mine made it all the way to the end uh, and still looked quite all right by the end. I still had some areas that we, we, we could use in the, in the filter because of that extra surface area from the pineapple appearance. Now, for an example for these filters and cost, if you have a Sherco 300 two-stroke, they are $49.95 for a filter. Um, but be sure to check their site for fitment to your bike and an accurate pricing for your particular filter that you need. Now, if you want to check them out further, funnelwebfilter.com.au is where you can go. Um, but check them out, guys and girls. They're a very cool product, very clever idea, uh, and they will help you ride for longer without having to change your filter as often. All right, let's leave it. Let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be back with more of the Always Moto podcast. Hey, this is Cade Namrine riding for Monster Energy, Luke Soil, KTM, Team Tata Racing, and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, guys and girls, thanks for listening to the Always Moto podcast. That's it for episode 50. Don't forget to send in your T-shirt orders to our email, info at alwaysmoto.com. Follow us on the social media channels to stay up to date with all things injury and moto. Just search Always Moto and then follow and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. Uh, If you haven't, I don't know why you haven't, basically just hit the follow button in your favorite podcast app and you'll be up to date with all of the next episodes that will come your way. And if your app allows in that podcast app that you're listening to us right now, when this is over, mate, mate, please leave us a, a rating so that it will help us out to continue to bring you more content. Don't forget you can check out all of our written articles over at fullnoise.com and soon to have additional content on alwaysmoto.com. But that's it for another show. Thanks to Polar Australia. Thanks to Slantboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots for the show support. Thanks to the Fantasy League sponsors, Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia, Bolt Everywhere. Thanks to the Always Moto Contractor. Sorry you haven't been paid, mate. Thanks for listening, guys and girls. And remember, you've got to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic, having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick.